0: Welcome to the Unitarian Universalist Congregation of Fairfax. We hope you enjoy this sermon from a recent Sunday worship service.
1: I used to be a fundraiser for a living. I worked for a variety of nonprofit organizations, including one national voluntary health agency, which will remain unnamed. It was the most corporate job I've ever had. Pretty much you were only as good as the last donation that you brought in, or, in terms of those days, you were only as good as the last check you collected. I don't know how many of you have been in sales or fundraising and felt this way. Don't raise your hands. Yeah. I didn't go to work for nonprofit organizations because I wanted to be the most fabulous fundraiser in the world. I went to work for nonprofit organizations because I felt a higher calling a desire to do something that made a difference in the world. And for the most part, as much as I might have made a difference, I really didn't feel like I was serving that higher calling until I became a Unitarian Universalist minister. There are so many of you here who've given large chunks of your life to a higher calling. Whether you're a teacher or you work for the government or... Whether you volunteer to be a court-appointed special advocate, there is some voice somewhere in us that calls us to a greater good, to greater service, something that serves the world beyond our own consumerist needs. I've come to feel that way about funding our UU congregations and specifically UUCF. Through the years, I have watched and wondered about the various scenarios on how people decide on what level of pledge they are willing to give. I've watched it as a fundraiser and I've watched it as a minister. There is what I call the PBS pledge. If you pledge this, you get a great free gift. I used to to pitch pledges on TV for a public television station in California. One time, the other host and I, during a segment, joked a little about an earthquake kit that they were giving out for the highest pledges. I didn't really feel it was worth it. (laughs) But uh, I will tell you that the station manager didn't also see the humor in that. So I wasn't asked back at that time. But sure, there were all kinds of things that motivated people to give, and getting cool stuff in return certainly is one method. Another method is a plaque on the wall with names. You've seen those, I'm guessing. Maybe I'm one of those people who see them more because I look for them because I had a fundraising background. I've seen a lot of them in hospitals over the past couple of years. That is a great way to recognize those who have been generous with their giving and something that allows the organization to also let folks know how much support they have received. It's kind of a win-win for everybody. And yet what I always hope, what I always want to believe is that aside from the cool stuff or the names on the plaque, there's been a small voice inside that says, I have to do this. I want to help support this place, this hospital, this congregation, because of the work that is done and the real impact it has on ourselves, each other, and the world. That's the hope that I hold in my heart. So what does that mean for the pledge campaign being kicked off today? Well, what that means is, as you explore your heart, as you decide what you want to give, as you think about whether you can move from one giving level to the next, there are so many ways that I know we have to think about how we decide how to pledge. Of course, it is based on our personal financial situations, of course. I would never want anyone here to let money be an obstacle to your membership or to give money to this congregation that would put your own finances at risk. And yes, I've heard and actually used the argument that if you cut out one Starbucks latte a week, you can add it to your pledge and suddenly you're rich. I don't know why people say that. Sure, you could, but I don't really want you to cut out your latte if it makes you happy. What I'd love for us all to do is never again think of our pledge as a consumerist transaction. For instance, I'm only pledging if they sing my favorite hymn this Sunday. (laughs) Or I will only raise my pledge if they plant fruit trees in the traffic circle which I'd like to see, by the way. I don't, I don't, or here's one, here's one I love. I don't want my money to go to seat covers for the chairs in the sanctuary. And on top of that, they're buying the color I don't like. So I'm going to reduce my pledge. Now, obviously, I've tried to use a wide variety of examples that I hope we never will have to face, or oops, it could be embarrassing. But I will say that these are not far away from things I have heard through the years. A pledge that comes from this place of a higher calling isn't a momentary vote of support or unhappiness. It is about the idea that is UUCF. It is an idea that deserves support beyond the past and beyond the present. I will always hope that the money Reverend Alice and I give to support this congregation is part of that higher calling. Our personal donation, which, because of our belief in UUCF and in Unitarian Universalism, which is a bit of a stretch for us financially, is $4,800 a year. And we're going to be stepping that up to $5,000 a year this year. And we don't expect this donation to fund one thing. We understand that the money we give helps to fund all kinds of things. And at the top of that list is that it goes to support the idea that is UUCF. I have given my life to that idea and that institutions like this should exist. The idea that institutions like this need to exist, that they serve the greater good that they are fulfilling a higher calling. This isn't a new one. And with that, I couldn't help getting this scene from a pretty familiar movie out of my head. So, for once I thought, I'm gonna play it for them instead of just watching it while I write the sermon. Don't
0: look now, but there's something funny going on over there at the bank, George. I've never really seen one, but that's got all the earmarks of being a run. If you got any money in the bank, you'd better hurry! George, let's not stop. Let's go! a minute, there. Uh-oh. Please, let's not stop, George. I'll be back in a minute, Mary. Now, uh, just remember that this thing isn't as black as it appeared. I've some news for you, folks. I was just talking to old man Potter, and he's guaranteed cash payments to the bank. The bank's gonna reopen next week. But, George, I got my money here. Did he guarantee this place? Well, no, Charlie, I didn't even ask him. We don't need Potter over here. And I'll take mine now. No, but you're, you're... You're thinking of this place all wrong, as if I had the money back in a safe. I, the, the money's not here. Well, your money's in Joe's house. That's right next to yours. And in the Kennedy house, and Mrs. Maitland's house, and, and a hundred others. You're lending them the money to build, and then they're going to pay it back to you as best they can. Now, what are you going to do? Foreclose on them? I got $242 in here, and $242 isn't going to break anybody. Okay, Tom. All right. Here you are. You sign this. You get your money in 60 days. 60 days? Well, now, that's what you agreed to when you bought your shares. Tom! Tom! Tom, Did you get your money? No. Well, I did. Old man Potter will pay 50 cents on the dollar for every share you've got. 50
1: cents on the dollar? Yes,
0: cash. Well, what do you say? Now, Tom, you have to stick to your original agreement. Now, give us 60 days on this Okay, night. Randall. Are you going to Potter's? Better to get half than nothing. I That's right. Right. Tom! I Tom! Right. Randall, now, Randall, wait. Uh, now, wait. Now, listen. Now, listen to me. I, I beg of you not to do this thing. If Potter gets a hold of this building and loan, there'll never be another decent house built in this town. He's already got charge of the bank, he's got the bus line, he got the department stores, and now he's after us. Why? Well, it's very simple. Because we're cutting in on his business, that's why. And because he wants to keep you living in his slums and paying the kind of rent he decides. Joe, you had one of those Potter houses, didn't you? Well, have you forgotten? Have you forgotten what he charged you for that broken down shack? Here, Ed, you know, you remember last year when things weren't going so well and you couldn't make your payments? Well, you didn't lose your house, did you? You think Potter would have let you keep it? Can't you understand what's happening here? Don't you see what's happening? Potter isn't selling. Potter's buying. And why? Because we're panicky and he's not. That's why. He's picking up some bargain. Now we, we can get through this thing all right. We have got to stick together, though. We've got to have faith in each other. But my husband hasn't worked in over a year, and I need money. How am I going to live until the bank opens? I got Dr. Booth to Mr. Faith. I need cash. I what can't keep my kids on faith. I've got How to have. How much do you need? Two thousand dollars. Here's two thousand dollars. This'll tide us over to the bank reopens. All right, Tom. How much do you need? Two hundred and forty-two dollars. No, All right, Tom. Just enough to tide you over until the bank reopens. I'll take two hundred and forty-two dollars. There you are. That'll close my account. Your account's still here. That's a loan. Okay. All right, Ed. Well, I got three hundred dollars here, George. All right, now, Ed. Well, what'll it take until the bank opens? What What do you need? Well, I suppose. $20? $20. Now you're talking. <laughs> Thanks, Ed. That's fine. All right. Now, Miss Thompson, how much do you want? But
1: it's your own money, now, you don't mind
0: about that. How much do you well, want? Now?
1: I can get along with $20, all
0: right. $20. Fine. And I'll sign there the you paper. Don't you don't know. have to sign anything. I know. You pay when you can. That's okay. All right, Miss Davis. Could I have $17.50? That's <gasps> <laughs> your heart. Of course, you can have it. You got $0.50. <laughs> you Seven. We're gonna make it, George. 6 it He'll never close us up today. Five. Four. Three. Two, one, bingo! We made it, come You don't we made it. Look, look, we're still in business. we still got two bucks left. Well, look, let's have some of that. Let's celebrate.
1: Huh? You get it, right? So let's see some visible examples of us working together to fund this higher calling. We're gonna do a little exercise. Please physically rise or raise your hand if you've done any of these things. We're going to do this together. I'm going to ask you to use your bodies. We don't usually do that here, but we're going to try. Okay. If you have worked at UUCF to protect reproductive justice, could you rise or raise your hand? You can stand. It's okay. <laughs> if you've done any t- anything to support immigrant families, could you rise or raise your hand? Look around you, everybody. If you've attended or participated in a memorial service or a wedding here at UUCF, could you rise or raise your hand? If you think that banning books is a travesty and want to do something about it, could you rise and raise your hand? Amen. If If you've attended a healing service when in need of healing, could you rise or raise your hand? If you've participated in teaching our children the values that they will need to navigate a complicated world, could you rise or raise your hand? That's amazing. If you've enjoyed the joy service, could you rise or raise your hand? If you have stood at the NRA in the blazing sun or the freezing cold witnessing against gun violence, could you rise or raise your hand? if you've done anything to support sheltering the homeless houseless through hypothermia could you rise or raise your hand if you've joined together on the third Thursday of every month to share soup conversation or community could you rise or raise your hand don't forget to sign up for the next one If you've had art in any of our art shows, could you rise or raise your hand? If you somehow shared your gifts in our music program, could you rise or raise your hands? If you're part of this incredibly dedicated staff, could you rise or raise your hand? If you have served as a lay leader in this congregation, could you rise or raise your hand? If you have served on a UUCF committee, could you rise or raise your hand? Who wants to be on the board? No. If lighting a candle on a Sunday morning has been meaningful to you, could you rise or raise your hand? If you've come here to worship on Sunday just to find some connection, inspiration, or love, to see friends, to meet new people, to sit quietly, to sing, or to pray, could you rise, rise if you've done that and stay risen, please? (laughs) Now, if you think that progressive religious communities need to exist to be a beacon of hope and light and of justice, and of spiritual grounding and sustenance to help save the conscience and soul of this country. Can I get an amen? amen? If that is the case, then our pledges, our funding to UCF, needs to be about this higher calling. It needs not to just be about our individual wants and needs, but the wants and needs of those near us today, online today, or those who are, whenever they are ready, will come and walk through these doors or find us online so they can find a thriving and strong congregation. The light of this congregation needs to shine for us all, for this community, for now, and for beyond the time that we will ever be here. Amen. So folks, sing it out loud and sing it out strong. Amen. Amen. Now. <laughs>
0: Thank you for listening to this sermon from the Unitarian Universalist Congregation of Fairfax. To listen to more sermon podcasts, go to uucf.org slash worship hyphen services and scroll down to sermon podcasts.